Hi, I'm Ben Norris. I'm the audio and podcast content creator at Scotty's Little Soldiers. And this is our annual review. Every charity, by law, has to submit its annual financial statement to the Charity Commission. These statements are publicly available and downloadable from the Commission's website, but they're financial documents, and that means they have to follow a strict format which isn't always the easiest for many of us, like you and I, to read or understand. They're written for accountants and people who deal with numbers on a day-to-day basis. So as well as publishing the full annual financial report, Scotty's has decided to produce what we think is a more user-friendly version, which we've called our Supporter Annual Review. The Supporter Annual Review tells you, our supporters, what the key challenges of the year were, how we tackled them, how much money we raised, and how we used those funds to benefit the bereaved British Forces children and young people. So you're about to hear a conversation between myself and our CEO, Stuart Robinson, where we talk through what you can find in our supporter annual review for 2020. Okay, so Stuart, we're here, we're sat down, we are looking at a uh, a big document of, of stuff that I've, I've not even delved into yet properly. So we've got the annual review in front of us. What are we looking at? Talk me through it. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So this is what we're going. This is what we're going to spend the the next sort of uh, period of time doing. We're going to talk about this annual review. So what is an annual review? What is an annual report? Right. Well, every charity has to submit their financial statements to the charity commission. Right. So anyone that wants, if you if you want to go and look at the financial performance of any charity, you can go to the charity commission website, look up the charity, and it will be there. Um, and what we have found is that those are financial statements, right? So they have to follow a strict um, template. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, to a lot of us, you know, myself included, before I got involved in the charity, they don't necessarily mean a lot because there's a lot of numbers they are for financial professionals. You know, if you don't quite know how to interpret some of the information, you can read it wrong. You can, um, And so we looked at that and we kind of said, right, okay, how... How can we be more open and transparent with our supporters and communicate what we're doing in a way that is going to be kind of more digestible, more understandable? So what we said we do is, of course, we've got to do that financial statement. We're going to put that on the Charity Commission website, have to do that. But let's do a, 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 an almost like a nicer version, I suppose, to kind of put out to the supporters, put it on our website, you know, share it with them in a way that maybe kind of explains some of the numbers a little bit more. Um, and so that's what we've done this year. Uh, I think the guys have done a great job. Um, and then we said, you know, this is all about, it's not about hiding. You know, we want to be the most open charity there is out there. So how can we find other ways of um, talking about this stuff? And so that's why, as well as like publishing the the, the annual review, we're, we're calling this version the supporter annual review, as opposed to the kind of financial annual report, which is all the heavy numbers stuff as well as publishing this, how else can we kind of, you know, get this stuff out there? And so we said, well, let's do, let's have a chat about it. Let's talk through it. Let's do a podcast. And at the same time, let's film it and put that out and, and you know, try and make it as accessible as possible to our supporters. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a an, a financial report that's the big heavy hitter. That's the, the, the crunchy stuff. We've got the annual report, which is the, the sort of dumbed down but but accessible way of of looking at it, and then if you want to go and look at the the big stuff, you can. It is out there. Yep. And then this is the sort of okay. I know it's out there. Haven't had the time to read it. Tell me what's in there. Tell me what's been going on, and and that'll do. And then I'll go and look at it later. Kind of version. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you if you if this if you go through this and it, you've still got some questions, go and take a look at that that more in depth report on on the charity commission, or get in touch with us and ask us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so where do we start then? Right, well, let's let's start. I mean, we've got this nice bold uh, um, front cover, um, which the, which the guys have worked on, and, and you know, is is a, is a bit different really for us because normally we'd have like quite an impactful photo on on, on the front cover. And and remember, this is this is the annual report for twenty twenty. You know, so we're almost almost feels like we're like practically a year behind all the time. But you know, that's we we get until the thirty first of October to publish the report for the previous year, right? So. 
And we all know what happened in 2020. Mm. Uh, and actually, we don't have a lot of photos, funnily enough, from, from us. To, but we, we decided to go for something that was quite bold and, and you know, really kind of uh, in keeping with some of the, the work that we've been doing at the moment. So we've got this nice, bold uh, front, front cover. And then as we kind of skip through to the, the next pages, uh, we, we did want to introduce some, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, imagery and some photos and whatever. And, and actually, to be honest, this is what 2020 looked like for most of us. You know, this is, these are examples of, you know, a virtual call with a load of uh, uh, families that we've been supporting, you know, different activities that we've been doing. You can see some really, like, you know, fun activities going on. Mm. This is what 2020 looked like for us. So we thought that that was quite a really great way of, of kicking off the, of, of the, uh, you know, the report, the review, if you like. And then, and then as we kind of like move a bit forward, Always really important just to start with a mission. You know, we, we, we never forget that this is at the, at the very top of everything that we're kind of doing. We've got the, the mission, which, as you know, is to support, you know, uh, provide relief from the effects of bereavement to children and young people who have experienced the death of a parent who served in the British Armed Forces. You know, we, and, and it's something that um, we, we go over it so many times just to keep reinforcing it. You know, never forget this stuff. It's so important. Um, and then... Obviously, as we look over onto the next page, you've then got the note from Nikki. So Nikki, obviously the founder, uh, and she talks here about, you know, uh, reflecting on 2020. And um, I guess, you know, at the beginning of the year, a lot of the uncertainty is about how are we going to deliver support? How are we going to finance that? But then also that kind of sense of pride towards the end of the year of realizing like, wow, what an effort that everybody had kind of put in and, and, and not just the team, but the supporters as well to help us, you know, maintain the sort of fundraising element. Yeah, I think um, it, the, reading that note from Nikki is probably one of the most important things you could do as a supporter and, and to, to get an idea of you know, what 2020 was like for the charity. I mean, it's, it was a weird year for everyone, but it kind of puts, puts a bit of the challenges into perspective. Definitely. Yeah. No, it's a good place to start, you know, and like you said, you know, if you, if you, if you don't read the rest of the report, then like start with Nikki's note and that's a, that's a good kind of summary if you like. Um, and then we've obviously got you know, a nice little picture there of Nick and, and some, some of the kids from a previous year, obviously no social distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, um, yeah, the contents of kind of like what you can expect to see, you know, coming up. So, um, you know, we, we're going to talk a little bit very briefly about our core values. We've got some, a uh, couple of pages on the work that we actually did some case studies, you know, it's really important to talk more about um, the young people that we're supporting and the the impact of that support, you know, so, so there's a little bit on that. Uh, of course, we want to talk about fundraising. It's an important part of the, you know, an annual review. Uh, maybe the bit that people are often most interested in is the financial side of things. So we've got two pages on that, which we help, we, we think is like a nice snapshot of, of um, you know, our finances. Um, and then a little bit about the future and perhaps how people might want to get involved going forward. So we shall move on. So um, always, again, like just like the mission, always important to come back to to these kind of these promises. And we've got this nice, you know, quite powerful image of Brooke there with um, uh, with her dad, um, Lee, um, who um, was killed in Afghanistan. Um, really powerful image. And then on the other side of the page, we've got the promises that we've we've made to the, um, these young people and then our core values. And, you know, we've spoken a lot about the, the values in, in earlier podcasts. So, you know, there's, we can, there's, there's a lot of detail if um, anyone's interested to go back and listen to, to some of those. Um, but again, you know, these are really important. We really live these values. Um, so, we, you know, no apologies for, um, you know, going over them again or seeing them again, you know, constantly. I don't think you can over communicate this stuff. It's so important to us. So, um, you know, obviously, we put the families first. That's that's number one. Um, we want to make sure. I mean, part of the reason we're doing this this podcast and this review is that you know we want all of our supporters to be treated like VIPs. You know, we want you to come on the journey with us. Um, so this is an example of kind of living that that um, that value, if you like. Um, you know, number three is about loving what we do. Vital, for, you know, for us that we that we you know really love what we do and we're really passionate about our work. And then, of course, remember every day. Um, you know, and that image of Brooke on the, on the side there is something. I mean, if you you can't walk around the office here at HQ without probably seeing that image in particular mm-hmm. a few times. So yeah. um, you know, again, just kind of reinforcing the importance of that. So I've got to say as well, like if you if you are looking through the document and it, it, being part of the team, you kind of see it everywhere. We talk about the values being important, but they are everywhere, and the document itself 
shows you that. I mean, we skipped over the the double page spread with all the images, but even so, that's that's the families right up in centre, mm. and that's that's just one of them. I mean, we've talked about Brooke being there and, and remembering, and they are scattered throughout not only this document but but everything we do. So it it makes sense to to keep shouting about them and keep having them up front like that. Yeah, it's easy to forget about these things when you get your head down in the day job, isn't it? And oh, but yeah. it's it's important that we that we kind of yeah we put this front and center. Um, yeah, so moving on, we've got a, a, probably a couple of the, the sort of most text-heavy pages, really, just about you know the work that we're doing. Um, just a summary, uh, you know, on, on on the the left-hand side there, um, we talk about how we've kind of gone about the the delivering the support. You know, we talk a little bit about the the four programs that we have. So if you you know again, we've covered this in earlier podcasts, but if you're not familiar with how we go about um, providing that support, we've got these four programs as a little. Um, introduction to each of those. So you've got the smiles one, which is obviously focused on the the fun side of things and, and engaging with um, families and and you know uh, creating a, a sense of community. Uh, you've got support where we we are looking at the, the you know the more emotional health and well being um, side of things. And and um, actually recently we talk about it here, but in 2021, as as we record the podcast, we've now introduced direct one to one support with uh, children and young people themselves, which is a, a big step forward for us. Uh, then you've got the Strides program, which is very much focused on education and development. Uh, and then finally, the Springboard one, which was something that we'd been planning for some time, but really kind of kicked off um, um, actually during 2020 and, and, and Emma joined the team. Um, and that's for uh, young adults aged 18 to 25. So um, yeah, so that that's a little introduction into how we go about our work. And then on the following page, we've got, um, some more specific details, I suppose, about the challenges of of working around um, the pandemic. You know, um, and we you know we mentioned earlier, Nikki referenced it in in her note at the beginning, but um, really it was that it, it's the uncertainty of you know just not knowing what's going to happen. You know, all these mass participation fundraising events being cancelled, everybody being at home. Um, how are we going to pay for this stuff? Whilst at the same time, the the level of support, the demand for support was kind of rocketing. Um, and so that kind of presents challenges on two fronts, doesn't it? You know, demand for your services is going up at the same time that um, your income um, streams are, are going down. So, And so I'm assuming that we're going to see a lot of that theme of talking about the pandemic and how it impacted the year throughout the document. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, you can't ignore it, can you? It was there for, for pretty much the whole year. I mean, I remember we we shut down the office, I, I think it might have been the last week of March and didn't come back again, you know, and, mm. you know, um, uh, no one, and, and it is that uncertainty, you know, no one really knew what was, are we going to be back in two months, three months, six months, nine months, like what, you know, yeah. what, what lies ahead? And so it did affect the whole year. So, um, but but I I think, you know, Nikki referred to how proud she was of, of how we adapted I think that's the key thing and that's what you know we will see in this document is how we innovated I suppose in many ways how we pivoted how you know how we want to you know describe it but how we changed the way that we uh both fundraise but also how we deliver the service to to families you know and and um those changes will be with us forever you know uh, and there's a lot of things that we're doing today that happened we were almost forced to do during during 2020 that um that actually um have have worked out okay for us and you know we'll continue doing those things so yeah yeah i, I don't think anyone can deny that what's happened over the last year and a half is gonna not have a change on everything going forward so that's yeah i think that's fair to assume yeah, so on the, on the next page, we've got um, we've got our four family programs that I've just described, and we've got some nice little icons here, just pulling out some of the highlights, I guess, just to, just trying to find a nice kind of graphical way, a, an easy way of um, just um, you know, as I say, just kind of pull, pull, pulling out the highlights of each program. So, I mean, I just I'll, I'll talk you through. So we've obviously got smiles. Um, so the guys undertook um, seven hundred and fifty-two activities with young people during the during the lockdowns. So, I mean, I mean, that's a phenomenal amount, but that was what we realized was um we actually needed to increase that engagement with family we need almost in some respects kind of keep these guys busy keep them you know a bit of yeah. distraction let them know that we're here that was one of the the most important things that we you know we said especially in those early days is that a time when there's all this uncertainty and and you've got to remember for for the young people that we support they have already 
experienced death in their lives. You know, and now we've got this global pandemic and everybody's talking about, yeah, you know. Um, and so the key thing there really was that we reach out and, and, and we, we let them know they're there. So, that the, you know, the guys organized all sorts of, you know, virtual quizzes and activities, whether that was, you know, group, group online group events or, you know, things that you could do yourself and, and yeah. so on. So there's a load of, load of stuff that they organized there, which is brilliant. Um, amazingly, you know, we did get this period towards the end of the year, didn't we, where, where things opened up a little bit, you know, there's a lot of restrictions still in place. But that meant that we did actually manage to provide 177 uh, young beneficiaries with the opportunity to take their family away and, and have a respite break. I mean, that was just amazing to be able to offer. You can, you can just imagine how, you know, well, we, you know, I know mm. how we were all just kind of, you know, cooped up. And yeah. so to have the opportunity to go somewhere else and, okay, a lot of the, a lot of the activities weren't going on in the parks and so on, but just, you know, brilliant that we were able to do that. Um, that was fantastic. Um, a lot of support from the Veterans Foundation to help make that happen as well. Um, and then we we always have our annual Christmas event, which is, you know, the showpiece event of the year. And uh, we were, I, I guess we were sort of back into the kind of lockdown uh, period or, you know, heading that way at that point. That was just never going to happen like it did usually. But, um, you know, we're not ones to just kind of go, okay, well, we can't do that then, can we? How, how do we innovate? How do we change? Um, so we held it virtually. You know, we had 160 uh, of our beneficiaries attend that and, and that was a great success. And uh, um, yeah, it's brilliant just to be able to do do something, you know, just because we can't do what we'd normally like to be doing. Let's find another way of, uh, of um, you know, smiling and, and having some fun. So. Yeah, I, I almost feel like uh, our beneficiaries sort of lockdown life. If you think about it, it's not as different from what our lockdown lives were. You know, we were all suddenly trying to do things online, doing online classes and, you know, trying to work out at home and things like that. It's it's the similar stuff, but it's it's from here and it's putting into perspective the fact that things that we wouldn't think about as, you know, who we are in our life experiences that a pandemic's going around and people are talking about death and dying and that that can yeah. be a, a problem, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it, it's really good to see that i think the the middle one the the breaks towards that that period in the middle of the, the end of the year that's the one that stands out i think yeah. to me yeah and, and and that's a good segue into kind of the next area which is the support program so you know we've we've got this engagement we've told families that that you know we are still here for you you know we're not we've not gone home we're not sitting you know we're still working we have gone home actually but we're still <laughs> working you know what i mean uh you know and uh and so as well as doing those activities, it, you're right, it's understanding the, the, the challenges that this, that the pandemic is, you know, can, can present. Uh, and so we saw, our, our, you know, the number of support cases you know, rocket. Um, so, you know, again, we adapted and we launched a few virtual sessions for parents that they, you know, parents and carers that they could drop into our, our coffee mornings and the grab a glass evening that, that we were doing during the lockdowns. Um, we made sure that we started doing regular communication. So every week there'd be an email that went out to the families um, with either, you know, what we were doing, what we, what we had on offer for the families, but also if there were any, you know, guidelines or any questions that maybe had come through the government that, you know, there's a lot of noise um, at this mm. point. And it's like, where, you know, who should you be listening to? Where, where do you get the, the, the relevant information about certain things? So we're just hoping, helping to signpost that. Um, and a lot of, one-to-one work with families um you know that, that those cases kind of sh- shot up and, and and it's as it says in the report in april alone we had 101 cases which you know for us is 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 a phenomenal amount um you know one-to-one level so mm. so that was that was important some important work there interestingly now that we i'm sort of jumping the gun a little bit but now that we are focusing on one-to-one support do you expect to see that number be that high sort of this time next year yeah, it'll be it'll be different. So it it probably the total number will probably be high, but we're doing it in a different way because at this point we were our one to one support was with the parent or carer. Mm. So we still do that, you know. We've got Charlie on the team who 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 um, still does that with like direct support. How can we help a parent or carer uh, help their young person, you know, and and help the family unit as a whole? Um, but now we've introduced the direct support to to the children and young people as well. So I would say the the number of cases that we would have supporting parents and carers is probably would go down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um but we weren't doing the young people at that point. So so the kind of total number was probably going to go up because we're doing more work. It's also, 
you know, as these kind of services establish themselves, um, more and more families are finding out about them, which, you know, which, which is fantastic, which we want. So, um, so we'll probably see levels maintain or go up because of that. But certainly there was a big spike because of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we've then got our Strides program, um, which is all about education and, and, and you know, development. And uh, it was a tricky year for Strides um, with everyone kind of being at home, homeschooling. Um, we did introduce a, a new small financial grant for um, SCOSI members that, are, that were transitioning to a new school. Um, we've identified that as a particular uh, time when, um, I'm not going to use the word challenge, but a, a particular time in a, in a young person's life transitioning into a new school which can be a bit tricky and, and, you know, can trigger things. So um, we we kind of recognise that and we've done some work around that, just not just in terms of financial support, but um, um, also in kind of transition packs and, and you know, information and so on. So so that was that was something that we did do that was new. We launched um, the Apache group. So, you know, this is something that, that we did for the first time where we're introducing year groups. So you've got, okay, throughout the, the number of members that Scotty's has, they're all different ages, you know, you've got some really young guys and then some of them have been with us for a little while and, you know, teens and, and they're, they all, um, are, you know, all need different levels of support and, and, and guidance at different ages. So actually if you can bring a cohort together that are a similar age and you can kind of create a small group around them, you can deliver, um, you know, support and guidance, which is relevant specifically to their age, you know, um, but also you're creating a little peer to peer support group there as well so um so apache was the first of those and they named you know they named the groups you know and since then we've added challenger and you know we'll continue but we focused on um very specific age groups that um are you know even like transitioning to new schools or you know going into kind of um looking at exams and those kinds so this is something that's kind of evolving further but apache was the first group that we launched last year so um, and we, we still managed to deliver um, 249 grants uh, throughout the year, um, which is, will be down on previous years because a lot of our grants are based on on getting people out and about and you know um, activities and, and these kind of things, which obviously a lot of that stuff couldn't happen. So, mm. did you see a lot of uh, call for grants around schooling and stuff with with schools transitioning to homeschooling? Yeah, we, we, I think we saw a switch from like the beginning of the pandemic was very much support focused, you know, mental health, that that side of things. And then as I don't want to say people got more comfortable with it, because that's the wrong word, but as people kind of started, Adapted. yeah, I yeah. suppose, so, you know, and, and, and um, you know, the threat didn't go away, but we we could, we were sort of containing it to a certain extent, I suppose that then the thoughts go, well, hang on, this is taking, this is going on for quite a while now how's that going to affect my child's education? Mm. So at that point, we start to see more inquiries around so what what help is there for, uh, whether it's financial or you know, guidance. We, we had obviously um, a cohort that would be going off to university and that was a very different experience or, um, you know, exams and how that panned out. So it was a, uh, you know, we did a lot of uh, drop-in sessions and so on that talked around that. So, yeah. Uh, and then the, the final program is, is Springboard. So um, this is something that we'd we'd been working on for a couple of years, developing it. Um, fun fact: it was actually called Seniors to start with. It was a pro- project name, and then we we moved on to Springboard, uh, and then we managed to re- recruit um, Emma to join the team to actually kind of lead that program and, and move it forward. So that's uh, that's a really exciting one for the future. But it was great to kind of get it started. We had um, thirty one young adults that. Um, that became springboarders as we know them. Um, and that's brilliant because prior to that you reach 18 and that was really where the end of our support came. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it, by definition, you know, children and young people, um, you know, can go up to 25 and, and those guys arguably might need as much support uh, as any other. You know, it's a really, it can be a really challenging time, you know, so there's a lot of changes going on in your life. So, we felt it, it did just didn't feel right. So we knew that we had to do something else. And Springboard's kind of the way that we'll, we'll tackle that going forward. And hopefully, um, you know, I mean, it's amazing already to see some of the, some of these guys developing into, you know, young adults, amazing people. Um, so that's brilliant. Yeah. So we move on. We've got a, we've got a really nice graphical page next, this infographic that Bailey's put together, um, which kind of summarizes 
a whole chunk of the things that we've done i mean there's too much stuff here to go into details but it, it's a really nice one i mean there's a couple of things perhaps we'll pull out and i really like the the member watched fa cup final with prince william that was like <laughs> that was a pretty cool highlight to be asked you know approach i mean he had a this was up up kind of um up this way actually this would have been over at sandringham mm. uh and he had a very small number of people that he entertained in the garden and they had the big screen and they watched and we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to send one of our, our members to to go and do, to go and watch that with him which was that was pretty cool my favorite is the number of disney plus grants issued yes yeah. that is a good one that's, that's quite fun i like that a lot do you know that and that's an example of like that happened quite early on and we're just looking at it going like these guys like everyone's at home like and yeah i mean you could just imagine what it's i mean i i know what it's like to have like you know you're still trying to work and yet you're trying to entertain children and mm-hmm. or homeschool so we 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 kind of you know it's not the kind of usual thing that we would do but we felt that it was really fitting this year to offer a, a grant to cover the cost of the Disney Plus service, which had just launched. So it was perfect, you know, on demand. Uh, and so I'm sure that kept some people very busy for a few, fair few hours. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that was a strong one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would encourage anyone to kind of like um, take a look at the report and just have a little scan through there because there's quite a lot of stuff in there. We've got, a, we've got a couple of pages that follow on from there, which are our case studies. So we've got four families across the two pages here um and i get i mean i i can't do the, this justice you know so i mm. again this is where i you know maybe maybe the podcast isn't the right uh media for for sort of for, for doing this so i would strongly you know if you if you've got like 10 minutes to, to have a read through because these are part this powerful stuff and it it just gives you an idea of the uh the families that were sporting, you know, maybe the, the need, you know, their background, the needs, you know, I mean, we've got, um, you know, there are stories here from, from army families with an army background, but also, you know, Royal Marines. And we, we, we try to, we support obviously RAF and Navy families. And so it's, you know, we're trying to show supporters the, the range of, of families that can receive support and the different types of deaf um and then a little bit about what scotties means to them and how we've been able to help that family and, and you know there are there are four i think four really kind of powerful stories there um that as i say i can't re- i can't do justice to them over the mic but uh, i would encourage people to just have a little scan through those and have a read through those yeah i think the the case studies that that we put out are that thing that reinforce the why right that's the remembering um and and I get you're right in a way you can't you can't tell someone else's story in in the right way and these have quotes from from the families and things so yeah it's definitely worth a a read yeah well what I love about these as well is that you you know we families comes first right so core value number one so we are we try not to be too pushy about things we don't like to ask too much so when families are kind of coming forward and, and being and are really keen to do you know we're not having to um to to you know, it's not that difficult for us to get feed the feedback from the families, and for me, that that's that's really nice that they genuinely want to kind of uh, to give that feedback and and you know and help us as 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 well. So I think that's really important. We've got a couple of pages on fundraising, um, and if you do have a read, I, I do. I, I love this image of the of the the free uh, the free dogs there in front of the tunic. That's a, might be my favourite picture in the whole it, thing, to be honest. It's a cool and it's a phenomenal fundraising effort, mm. uh, and I'm really pleased to say that they're back fundraising for us in 2021 as well. Um, um, so yeah, I, and this is you know phenomenal fundraising effort. It, it, this is where you go into that period you know march april time and you're just like what are we gonna do how are we gonna keep paying the bill you know we've got this increase in demand for our support we've got to do that like it's never in doubt right mm-hmm. so how are we gonna fund that and you, you just you just don't know at that point and then very quickly you, you kind of right we need to innovate we need to get on top of this we need to you know one of the things that i think the team did really well is that they because the families team were doing all this great work we just talked about it a lot. We just we just said, look, this is what we're doing to help bereave forces families during this difficult time. And we found that the more we spoke about that I and mean, the more that we showed it, um, the more people started coming to us and saying, Well, I was gonna do this fundraiser, but I can't do it. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at home. I'm gonna climb the stairs the <laughs> you know, the, to the same, you know, height as Mount Snowden or 
I'm good at it. And so we end up seeing quite a lot of people doing things on their own, you know, and you were able, obviously, uh, at, you know, certain points to go out as a family unit and cycle. And, you know, a lot of people picked up some new healthy habits and, mm-hmm. and maybe some unhealthy ones as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so actually people started to think differently about how they could fundraise. Um, and what's great is some of that has stayed and, but also we're able to hopefully bring in now, you know, more of the, uh, the, the, the mass participation events as well. So we've got, you know, we've got maybe some new ideas about how we can fundraise. Um, um, so that was great. And then the other thing I've got to, I've got to talk about is the, you know, number of grant providers and, and corporate partners who, who really kind of stepped up and helped us, you know, and, um, there were there were some emergency COVID grants that were that were available, uh, and you know again you know for the team we had to acknowledge that, see where the opportunities were, and and you know and, and go get them. But you know they they were there, and that was a real lifeline. You know, and there's we mentioned some of them in here. There's probably too many to to talk about now, but I mean I I I mean Annington Homes I would I would call out because they they've been a supporter for the last three or four years now, and um touch base all through the year you know really we were we were due to receive they they've donated fifty thousand pounds for the last three years to help fund the support program and they were really quick so that and that gets delivered in april so we're at the end of march not knowing what's going on and very quickly they got on the phone to say don't worry the money's still coming Mm. which is a relief for me when i'm trying to balance the books and so on uh and then they kept in touch all throughout the year and then towards the end of the year you know it looked it was a challenging time it looked like we were going to end up with a with a deficit which in you know is charity terms for a loss you know Mm. uh and um we'd been keeping them abreast of the situation and they made an additional donation of thirty thousand pounds to make sure that didn't happen that actually we we ended up having quite a strong last few months um and and we'll get to the finance bit on the next page but we did finish with a, a surplus so a small profit um, which is which is great, but you know, Annington um, Armed Forces Covenant Trust, you know, uh, again, um, some 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 key organisations that kind of came to the rescue, I suppose, in in many sense. Um, I think we've said before, I think like privately, but also in in other episodes about how if you're not privy to like the charity world, how it works, you probably don't think of grants and trusts as as something that's that's going on. You don't, you're not really key to it, um, and, and I think being part of the charity is, has opened my eyes to that. And it's, it's so interesting to see how that works and how, how important that is to the charity, not only in a year where, you know, stuff was going on, but in general as well. So yeah, it's, if you're, I think if you're listening and you're keen on sort of really knowing how things work on a, on an intimate level, this document tells you that in, in ways that, you know, aren't just sort of standard like oh yeah charities it's fundraising it's like we're actually talking about how it works here yeah 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 we, and we go into quite a bit of detail on that and i think it's ep- i think it was episode four of the on the mission series yeah, it's, where it's we, one of them yeah yeah we talked about um the the fundraising if you like i suppose we don't use we don't like to use the word fundraising here because we, we we like to use um supporter experience because at the end of the day we want to give you value and a, and a, and a great experience once you've decided that you want to fundraise for us based on what what you you know the work that we're doing and what you've seen um and yeah yeah so we tend to we we tend to avoid using the word fundraising but it's a you know it's an important part if we don't have the money to fund the programs then uh, we're in all kinds of trouble so mm. um so yeah individuals stepped up with their fundraising which was amazing corporate partners grants uh, and then you know a couple of other things that we we acknowledge on on this page is uh, we launched Overwatch, yeah, um, which is another example of innovation. So that then this is a long term uh, income stream for us going forward. So this is really about um, it, I, it's regular. You know, charities have regular giving, but we think this is regular giving with a difference. You know, this is about you, giving you access to the charity and seeing behind the scenes, seeing how. Your, you know, if it's if it's ten pounds a month that you're giving, how we're using that ten pounds, you know, and we do say with Overwatch, a hundred percent of your donation goes direct to the family program, so there's no running costs. You know, we will talk about running costs in a minute, but um, there's no running costs coming out of the Overwatch money, you know. Um, so that's that's an, that was an important one for us uh, long term, and then, of course we've got uh, Mr. Morgan in the top corner there who uh, who appeared on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which obviously has the potential to raise a fair mm. chunk of money as well as uh, as awareness and uh 
Piers, uh, um, bless him. He, you know, love him or hate, hate him. He's a bit marmite, isn't he? <laughs> but um, but we love him here because he's he's been a big supporter of the charity, and um, you know he had the opportunity to go on the show and he picked us mm. uh, as the charity that he wanted to um, raise money for, which is amazing in the first place. And then when he lost, when he got a question wrong, he you know made up the difference out of his own pocket, which mm. is pretty, you know, and, and fair play. And he did do that. You know, he said about he'd do it on the TV. He did, I can confirm that he did do that. <laughs> it wasn't just uh, words. No, he did it out of his own, out of his own funds. So, so fair play to him. Yeah. I remember that happening as well. Cause I wasn't part of the team at that point. I remember that, that being everywhere. And it, it just shows how important things like that can be for a charity, that, that kind of awareness factor as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all, it's all very secret, secret. Mm. I mean, we didn't, we didn't know people were like, oh, you, you must have known. I, you know, when did they record it and think we didn't, we didn't know, you know, it was, uh, it was all very secret, secret, but yeah, that was a interesting, uh, interesting weekend. <laughs> so then we've got the, the finance page. So this is the bit that a lot of people are, are, are interested in. And we've just tried to capture, I mean, like, like the, you know, the, the proper financial statement on the charity commission website will have all the detail, you know, tons more detail than this. So there's, we're not trying to avoid it. That's there. Go and see that if you if you want a um, bit more detail. But we've just tried to pull out the headlines, really, I suppose. So um, we've got this nice little graphic that shows the progression of the charity in terms of our income over the last year. And, you know, broadly speaking, we're, we've been adding £100,000 a year um, you know, uh, over the last four or five years, which is, which, is, which is great. And we're hoping that, you know, we're on course to do that again this year. And that, um, fits with our long-term plan over the next sort of five to ten years. Um, we reference it um, here, and we, we'll, well, there's another uh, page on on our long-term goals in a, in a minute. But we've got this what we call the big hairy audacious goal, uh, mm-hmm. which is the or the north star or the whatever you want to call it. But the you know the thing that we're kind of aiming for, which is to be supporting uh, at least a thousand children and young people annually by 2030. And so if we're going to do that. We need to be adding that £100,000 plus every year. So we need to be, uh, by 2030, raising um, in excess of £2 million. So um, so some really strong performance over it. But the need for the service and the number of young people that we can support uh, will, will go up. It needs to go up. So we need to keep growing that. So, so actually, you know, to raise more than we had raised in 2019 bearing in mind what we've just spoken about with COVID was yeah. a pretty phenomenal effort. I mean, I, I think we would have, without that, hopefully have been on course to, to probably deliver more than that. But I certainly think, you know, the way that fundraisers got behind us, supporters got behind us and those emergency grants and corporate support offset any loss that we, we, we might've experienced otherwise. So, mm. so yeah, so that, that, that's the income side. And on the other side, we've got the expenditure um, we did cut back on expenditure again because of the uncertainty. We had events like the Christmas event that that you'd always want to do in person. You know, I mean, there are some things that you you look at and you go, "Well, we could save money on that going forwards, actually." But something like that, you 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 wouldn't do. It did save a load of money doing it virtual, but it, you know, it, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It doesn't no. have the same impact. So, so there are there there were there are ways that um, that we managed to cut back as well in terms of that. We didn't furlough any staff. We didn't you know make any redundancies, um, but we did cut back in 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 other areas. Um, but obviously, as you can see there, uh, we raised eight hundred and fifty four thousand pounds, and we spent seven hundred and sixty nine. Um, so um, you know, well within um, you know what, what we raised. There. So we fin- finished the year with a, a bit of a surplus there, and then just under that, we kind of break down. Um, the split between charitable activities and cost of raising funds, always a tricky one. Um, everybody obviously wants the charitable activities to be as high as possible. To be honest, there's a there's a lot of stuff uh, that 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 charities will put into charitable activities that you that are running costs. You know that isn't that isn't splitting out the running costs. We are talking about the difference between. Uh, fundraising costs and then everything else is in in charitable expenditures so it's not quite as uh, charitable activities so it's not quite as as obvious and different charities present information in different ways Mm -hmm. so it's not the kind of like standard that everybody hope you know and um, you can work out a ratio and a percentage and you know how much of my pound is spent you know on on this it's quite a difficult one our our aim over the next few years is is to be the most open charity there there is so we're going to do a lot more work on um 
not educating sports, but like, you know, showing them how these things are calculated and how we work it out and being really kind of open book about things. And so this is the kind of first step towards doing that, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's about presenting it in the right way that's accessible as well, because you can, you can get really bogged down in the minutia of how, how is it all broken down and where does it all go and, and what does this mean and what does that mean? So it's, yeah. It's complicated. It's complicated stuff. I mean, yeah. like, and as the charity grows, it gets more, you know, it's more and more complicated on the finance side, which is, you know, we've got a responsibility to, to um, manage those finances on behalf of our supporters and our beneficiaries as efficiently as possible. So, uh, you know, and, and then the, la- the last little chart on that page is, is a good example. So that's, we've highlighted there the cash that we had in the bank at the end of the year. Now, a lot of people talk about reserves. So the reserves figure in the financial statement, you know, so you go to the charity commission site, look at the reserves. Figure. That is going to include the cash plus our assets, our fixed assets. So mm-hmm. things like the holiday homes that we provide. So yes, in theory, we could sell those. They are worth something, but that's a last resort, isn't it? If we're selling our holiday homes that, that families use, uh, something's, something's going quite wrong. So that's not liquid cash that we can kind of access. So mm-hmm. So the charity, we tend to look at cash more than that kind of official reserves figure. Uh, and, and what we're looking at really is trying to have approximately six months at the moment of running costs, operating costs. So, so if you think about um, it cost us £769,000 to run the charity during 2020, £410,000, we're, we're kind of on a month by month basis, we're looking at about around six, six months. Um, and, mm. you know, and that kind of continues today. What's the, what's the best rate? Well, I don't, you know, it depends from charity to charity, to be honest, there isn't one fit for everyone. Um, we, we at the moment have targeted six months and our longer term targets are to be between six and nine months. So the lower that figure is, that means that if all your income dries up, you've only got a certain amount of time before you run out of cash, right? Mm. So if it's three months, that's, you know, for us, certainly that would be kind of like a bit hairy, you know, it's a bit close to the, you know, close to the line. So six months is, is, is pretty good. Um, if you've got more than maybe nine months, you're creeping up towards 12 months. Some people will look at that and go, well, maybe do I need to fund you? Cause you've got a little bit of money in the banks. It's just, it's a fine line for charities to, to yeah. reach, you know? Yeah. It's, it seems like such a strange, like from an outside point of view, a strange, I don't I was going to say problem, but it's not a problem, is it? It's just, a, it's just a thing. It's a thing that's there. Like you've got to have money in case something happens, like, you know, a global pandemic comes out of nowhere, but you also don't want to save so much money that you're not using it for the mission Yeah, and getting that balance. And yeah, I can, I can see like the, the scales of that being quite, quite tricky to balance properly it is it is a tricky one and it's the biggest one of the biggest differences for me between a charity and a for-profit organization and you look at everybody you know talking about apple being one of the most successful companies in the world the most cash rich company in the world and and talking about that as if that's a really great thing and then there's us as a charity the more cash you've got um the less good that looks you know (laughs) which is kind of weird and and then if you do invest that in fundraising we talk about that split between charitable activities and the cost of raising funds if that you know in theory the more you invest in that the more income you'll get next year so it means you can spend more money on your charitable activities Mm. so it goes up and up and up but um you know i know we have to be sensible about how we do that because you know again that typically traditionally can be frowned upon spending a bit too much money on the the fundraising element so it's a tricky one to balance yeah 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 and i think there's would you say that having so much money, obviously that's going to go up. You want to have the the balance right. You also want to be able to communicate effectively with the supporters. Like this is how we're doing it, but we're going to change it slightly because we've made less or more money. So is it is it always a rolling ball? Is it always going to? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's always, always gonna change. balancing. Yeah, it's a continuous balancing act, isn't it? And yeah, so if one year it doesn't go as well from a fundraising point of view. Maybe you don't have as much to spend next year, but do you, do you cut back on your services or do you invest actually a little bit more in fundraising because you want to generate more cash the following year? It's all, always a tricky balance. The key for us, as, as we've mentioned a few times, is we want to bring supporters on the journey. So it's not about hiding information, hiding what we're doing. 
we want to be as open as possible, but to explain that, you know, so, so if we do, let's say we spend a bit more on fundraising than the average charity does in the, in, in the next few years, if we decide to do that, it's about explaining why yeah. and then showing the impact of that and going, right, guys, like we, we said that we'd spend a bit more and it generated this, which has meant we've been able to spend more money on the young people, you know, yeah. two years, three years down the road. So yeah, always juggling. <laughs> uh so we're getting towards the end now last couple of pages um and and so we're, we're here we're talking about the future so we're talking about 2021 and beyond which is you know kind of weird since we're yeah. <laughs> well into 2021 already uh we've got that big hairy audacious goal highlighted there that we spoke about earlier so uh to be supporting a thousand uh over a thousand children and young people by 2030 and then we've got this figure of 452, 452 highlighted, which was um, the number of children and young people that we supported during 2020. Mm. So we're kind of, we're almost halfway. I mean, as we, like, we have the benefit of knowing what we've been doing this year. So I can say we're pretty much halfway towards our, our goal. Mm. Um, so we're on course, um, but a lot of work still to be done. Does it feel like, a, like how, how confident are we feeling, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got a, it's not an option for us. Well, know, that's yeah, the but, thing. That's but look, the, looking at the numbers, like, you know, we're, yeah. we're feeling we're, good. It, we're, it, it's a hard one because everything over the last five years has moved in the right way. You know, and mm-hmm. you saw that chart and the income, the income slide where we, you know, for e, e, um, every year we've added this £100,000. So, so when you look at that, you go, oh, well, we're on the right path, aren't we? But you, you then you have to reset and go into each year and make that happen again. Yeah. And which is not and and adding um you know incremental income and you know reaching out and finding that you know the young people are out there we've got to do the job we have to do is, is kind of reach out to them but at the same time you i mean it's a nice problem to have but if you suddenly turn around and, and had 300 new beneficiaries next month yeah we're going to fall over potentially, you know. So we've got, so again, it's that word balance. It's about balancing those finances and then and then reaching out and and supporting as many families as you can at the right time. So controlled growth, yeah, controlled growth. That's a good way of, of putting it, isn't it? So, so there's a, there's a little bit more information about kind of what we're doing. We just, we've already spoken about the direct one to one support, which is something new. We've actually uh, we went into the year and we said, funnily enough, we said this year wasn't about reaching out to to lots of new families. This year was about reviewing our service offer and being really clear about what Scotty's Little Soldiers delivery, what, what the support is that we are offering bereaved forces families, being 100% clear about that, mapping that out. We've got a really great service map now that kind of is crystal clear about what it is we offer, what we don't offer, how, you know, and how we go about it. Um, and so what I've been, I, I describe it as laying the foundations, you know, really, really solid foundations. That's what we've worked on this year. Mm that we can build on um going forward so there's a little bit in in the in the report here about about that um yeah so then on to the final page which is the get involved page mm-hmm. you know so this is the uh we don't do selling a lot here you know we've got this uh, i mean another like in, inside bit of information but we've got this thing that we call the 90 10 rule mm-hmm. so that's like when we're talking to supporters and we're putting out content whether that's on social media or you know um yeah, podcast whatever it might be uh 90 of that con- content so nine out of ten should be about providing value to the person that's reading it listening to it watching it whatever that might be um, you know, telling them about the work that we do, how we're using their funds to support brief forces families. And then 10% can be about, right, if you want to get involved, this is how you get involved, you know. So that that's broadly speaking how we try and pitch it. So so this is a little bit about how you might yeah. get involved. <laughs> this is that 10%. Uh, this is the 10%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so no, and just a few key things here, like for us going forward, you know, in terms of our strategy and and we've really had to narrow down. Again, we talk about this in one of the earlier podcasts um, that we've really narrowed down our, our fundraising streams. You know, we're trying to do too much and not having and not doing any of it particularly well because we're stretching ourselves too thin. So we've really focused on on a few key areas. You know, Overwatch is one. Um, you know, giving our supporters who decide that they want to fundraise for us a really great experience. Um, you know, digital donations and the di- digital technology and that side of it. Really kind of focusing down on that that side of things and. You know, one or two others, grant fundraising has been key for us over the last couple of years. And then the plan will be like over the next few years to gradually maybe look at 
right, let's add one more new income stream and really kind of develop that. And then the next year you add the next one and, and then you, you kind of get to a point where you've, again, it's that controlled growth, mm. um, you know, so that, that's, that's kind of the plan. And there's, um, there's some information here about how you can get involved, but obviously the website is a great place to start as well if you want to support, yeah. support the charity. And that's the annual review. Nice. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that doesn't, it, when you say annual review and like from, from an inside point of view as well, like I've been hearing about this document being put together for so long now, you kind of think it's like this big, scary thing. And I guess probably at the start of the start of putting it together, it might be, but, but looking at this now, I mean, it's, it's not that many pages, but it's condensed and it's concise and it tells you, you know, what, what you need to know, but also probably what you want to know. Like I know there's, there'll be people who'll be thinking, okay, well, yeah, well, I do want to get involved, but I don't know how to, like, where can I look? This is just another place. Or, you know, I I have been supporting and I want to know like the, the detail about where the money goes and things like that. So yeah, it, it makes sense. I think it. Yeah, I think I think you've done a good job there. Thanks. I, I know. I, I think I, I know what you've been talking about the I whole time. I can't take all the credit though. I'm just reading what's, what the team have put together. Now. And it and and there was a lot of work involved in it. And it, but but largely because it was quite a big transition from us doing the kind of heart, the, the old school traditional kind of financial reports and actually going, what do we want to look this you know this to look like for us? But what if we were a supporter? What would we want to be reading? Mm. And so hopefully we've kind of we, we, we've nailed that, but it's not finished by long way. Like so, next year I think we can be even better. We look at like how can we digitalize it even more? Mm-hmm. Can we make it more interactive in the future? You know, it'd be really interesting. But but I'd definitely be into like you know anyone that's listening to this and either either they've read the report or or they've just listened to this podcast where you know or they've watched the video that we're recording. Um, you know, give us your feedback. You know, what kind of things would you like? like to know more about and and we'll make sure we try and include that in in the next um in in the next year's one well, which will come we're around soon rather than that, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah it's like so. one, one book closes the other one opens uh, cool well i think the only the only last thing to say then is is if someone wants to go and find this where will it be yeah so this one will be on our website so if you go go onto the website we've got a section for for our annual reports um and and you'll be able to find this there and then, as we said earlier, if you want the full report, we've actually put this part of it at the beginning and then tagged all the financial data onto the end. And that version is on the Charity Commission site. So, um, yeah, that, those are the two places that you'll be, you'll be able to find it. So. Brilliant. Right, thank you very much. Thanks, Ben.